Hello and welcome to episode two of The Educators. My name is Angela Fares and I am the founder of Full Circle Educational Consultancy. With over 20 years experience in some really amazing independent and international schools, both in the UK and overseas, my focus is now on providing strategic consultancy and support for innovative schools and leaders who are really looking to provide the best education for their students and to prepare them for the world as it is in the 21st century, particularly focusing on inclusion, well-being, uh, digital transformation and curriculum. My guest today is William Goldsmith, who is the head of St George's School, Windsor Castle. William, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Angela. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Really lovely to have you and it's lovely. I don't know whether the listeners can hear, but I can hear the children faintly in the background during their lunch break. So it's really lovely to chat to a head who has real life children there with him as well. Oh, it's absolutely lovely having them back and the sense of normality during the summer term. And it's not raining, which is great. Hooray. (laughs) It's been a bit of a wet time here. Um, So William, you um, have been head at St George's School, Windsor Castle um, since January 2019. Prior to this, you were head of St. Leonard's Junior School, St. Andrew's Fife, and you have previous roles at Highfield School, Ludgrove, and St. Paul's Cathedral School, which have provided you really with a wealth of experience in a variety of prep school settings. You've also got experience in boarding, and you have particular interest in emotional well-being and mental health provision. And you're currently a serving ISI inspector, and you also hold... um, the very important position of IAPS Vice Chairman. So, William, for those who are joining us from overseas and know about the British education system but not the intricacies, could you just explain a little bit to us about the prep school system and what a prep school is? Yes, absolutely. So St George's, Windsor Castle and indeed all the schools that I've worked in are part of uh, a group called the Independent Association of Prep Schools, IAPS or IAPS. And a prep school is um, uh, tends to be an independent primary school that goes from age two or three, or indeed younger, up to either 11 or 13. And uh, that up to 11 is the UK primary sector. Uh, from 11 up to 18 is the uh, secondary sector. And some prep schools go up to and include year eight, some up to and include year six. Okay, and I and I guess it, it. If I were when I was working overseas, there was this image of um, British schools with uniform and very well organised. Would that would that be typical of a of a British prep school? Um, yes, Angela. The UK uh, prep school system has gone on a really exciting journey over the last uh, 10, 20 years, and some have very much remained true to their traditional roots and and long history. I mean, our school goes back to. 1348 we're one of the oldest but not the oldest and many schools um, have changed their structures Uh, some go up to 16 Uh, many are co-educational and a huge number are very contemporary in their outlook but all prep schools share one thing and that is a commitment to excellence a commitment to first-rate pastoral care uh, underpinned by outstanding academics and, and a real breadth of opportunity Uh, We all see the benefits of children uh, finding their passion from a really young age. And um, it's a group of 650 schools in the UK predominantly, but all around the world. And I think 
we are bound together. We share that commitment to excellence. And we, we go about it in, a, in many different ways. Um, but certainly the UK uh, prep school sector has, has always been synonymous with excellence. And, and we've certainly retained that. Well, it's, it's certainly got a, a great reputation um, internationally um, in terms of the prep school system um, for, from, from what I've seen from overseas students and overseas families. Um, I, I connected with you because you were reaching out to people um, talking about the innovative way you are going to change um, everything we've just talked about in terms of um, the tradition. So um, could you Give us a little bit of an insight. I know you've got um, a bit of a reveal tomorrow, but could you, do you give us a, um, a, a first-hand um, vision that you have of your school and a new way of thinking about how to provide education for the pupils at St. George's Windsor Castle? Yes, absolutely. Um, we've gone for a, a vision, very simply, uh, for our pupils to be real-world ready. And many schools look at that uh, many schools use that in their strap lines and, and want children to develop those core skills uh, in addition to knowledge and academic attainment. But we want to provide an incredibly nurturing yet exciting journey of discovery for our children. To be honest, I think the UK education system, one of its greatest flaws is its seemingly obsession with testing and assessment. And that could very quickly lead, lead to education becoming a means to an end. We're simply uh, labelling children uh, either in, in, in the traditional bell curve, the lower ability, the middle ability, upper ability, based on three numbers, or in some cases two numbers. And I think that is uh, outdated and squeezes every ounce of joy out of education. And we want to do something bold, creative, courageous and very different and unique in the UK. So St George's, as part of our real world ready vision, we are um, set to become a, an IB world school offering the primary years programme. Um, but more than that, we wish to create this cohesive learner journey from age three up to 13, uh, where we develop the attitudes uh, and framework of, of the International Baccalaureate, but also true international mindedness and global readiness. Um, so we're also set to become a, a round square school, um, connected by uh, the same ideals that connect 250 schools around the world. And we're going to buck the trend. We are not going to be focused on solely getting these grades or teaching to pass a test. We want to keep that same level of creativity, curiosity and joy that children have in the early years and key stage one all the way up through to their journey with us at 13. And that's, that's quite a transformational approach um, to prep schools and I, I do commend you on that because it's an outstanding approach um, to, to enabling um, all of your students to succeed. I just wondered, I mean, how, how do the parents view that when they've come to St George's Windsor Castle and they have an image of a prep school and then they come and they find, okay, it's a little bit different. What's, what's the reaction been to the parents, from the parents um, to, your, to the changes that you're making? Well, let me be absolutely clear. We may be the first UK standalone prep school, 
to become an international world school, but we're absolutely not going to be the last. And I see us blazing a trail here. And I've been on the St George's scene now for three years, and from the day I was appointed, my message to parents has been absolutely the same. Uh, And I've been very clear in my vision for children's education, for children's happiness and their learning journey. So the IB hasn't come as a great surprise to our parents because I've been talking about it now uh, for three years. Um, Our parents are wonderfully diverse, um, diverse thinkers, uh, diversity in its truest sense. And they occupy a range of professions, many are entrepreneurs, many have startup companies, and they understand the skills and the attitudes they require from young people going into the world of work now. And it chimes with the International Baccalaureate, and it chimes with our process and our vision here at school. We're not dumbing down the academics, far from it. We are enabling children to develop this curiosity, uh, this love of learning from a young age. And in Tony Wagner's words, the ability to ask the right question and keep asking questions. Don't forget, a five-year-old asks 100 questions a day. And the education system just gradually squeezes that and squashes that uh, into the children being far more concerned into answering the right question rather than asking the right question and we want to reverse that so our parents are absolutely behind this um we're all in it as a community together and it's it's really exciting i mean william you and i are lucky enough to have both been in ib world schools and and seen the difference that that approach can can make and and everything that i see right now attending conferences is about skills and attitudes and and enabling um pupils to to go out and feel happy and confident in in the world today. How has your transformation and innovation been taken by those schools that your students will be moving on to um, at what would have been the, what we call in the UK, the common entrance exam stage? How has that been received? Oh, an absolute absolute breath of fresh air. We ask the senior schools what they uh, want to see in their children in uh, year seven and year nine. And they want communicators. They want children who uh, have developed... Um, the ability to listen to one another and understand another point of view. They want children who can collaborate. They want independent thinkers. They want children in its simplest form who can begin the process of learning, unlearning and relearning. And so once we explain that to senior schools, that actually we're not just going to be um, preparing children to get 65% in a knowledge-based assessment, uh, they're absolutely delighted. And we're really pleased we feed well over 25 schools. We have relationships with around 60 of the leading day and boarding schools, both locally and nationally. And we've got full buy-in to this. Um, Of course, we wouldn't embark on something that uh, didn't have buy-in from the senior schools. But the world of education has changed. And there's a a wave of contemporary, forward-thinking educationalists who are starting to understand and align themselves with the world of commerce have been saying this for five years we need children we need young people who have the skills underpinned by the happiness and kindness to take over that world and flourish in it i looked really carefully at your vision um, before we met and um, there's there's a 
four points in there, transformational learning, well-being, music and creative arts and community. Could you talk to us a little bit about, because we've had a discussion about, you know, vision is the, is the driving force really behind any outstanding school. Um, can you talk us through a little bit these, these four uh, components of your vision for St. George's Windsor Castle? Absolutely. Uh, they're all interlined actually and there's, there's great linkage between the four transformational learning and um, we want to become uh, a very innovative school driven by lifelong learning driven by a desire from my colleagues here to keep their learning going uh, to be um, reflective to research to look at all that we're finding out about the cognitive development of children and how children learn uh, we want to share that with other schools we've set up the windsor schools partnership a group of 12 schools, uh, us and uh, 10 colleagues in the maintained sector, 11 colleagues in the maintained sector, uh, so we can share resources, so we can open a really exciting dialogue about education. Um, but this is about giving children the transformational learning, is about, in true IB style, is about interdisciplinary learning. It's about connecting subjects together and connecting their learning to the real world. They're not learning history and geography and maths in isolation. They're finding those connections. They're being encouraged to ask questions. They're being encouraged to think critically and think very deeply and then link that to the real world, link that to education for social responsibility, link that to the round square ideals of democracy, environmentalism, leadership and internationalism. And then we're absolutely focused on well-being. We live in a world that is in part influenced by societal uh, social media pressures and happy children learn, happy children succeed. And therefore, why shouldn't emotional well-being, mental health and with that kindness, kindness to oneself, kindness to others, sit right at the heart of a school? We're emerging from lockdown. Uh, it's really exciting. IAPS Together with Tooled Up Education, we're commissioning a, an enormous survey of, uh, from all our membership schools. This could be thousands of re, um, respondents to look at the impact of the pandemic. Um, but we need to develop that self-regulation in children so they are comfortable in their own skin, that authenticity from a very young age. And emotional well-being is on the agenda. It has been for 10 years, but it's no good window dressing it. It's got to sit right at the heart of school. It's no good having stress aged 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18. We need children who are able to deal with the inevitable daily storms that come their way, but children who, through a lifelong love of learning, and with that resilience and curiosity, are able to set themselves high standards, but not endure stress. And I think that's really important. And then linked to that is, is music and the arts. We are a very musical school. We educate the choristers to St. George's Chapel, but that's not all we do. We're also um, very broad in our offering. But music is such a powerful gift that everyone can relate to and experience and find joy and love from. And that's the same for the arts, the visual arts, design, food technology, textiles, dance. I think the arts 
is such a powerful part of school life and should be absolutely cherished and treasured. And I'm really excited that the International Baccalaureate and in year seven and eight, the pre-senior baccalaureate, our key stage three curriculum, encourages the arts as a really important faculty uh, alongside maths and literacy uh, and languages. And then the community. We live in such an interconnected world. The pandemic has taught us that we are able to collaborate and make connections with people all across the world through a simple click of the button and Zoom or Google uh, Meet, etc. And as a school, we want to extend beyond the school gates for the children to develop that real global awareness we need to as a school. And I think this is the area I'm most determined to succeed in. I want our teachers to find those connections. I want us to find every door open to us around the world, bring the very best of different and diverse education, bring it to St George's, offer a little bit about what we're doing, uh, but find those networks across the world. Uh, we're so lucky. We're part of Windsor Castle. We've got that heritage that goes back to the Middle Ages. And we've got that on our doorstep. But the connections we're making now on a weekly basis, and we will do as part of the International Baccalaureate community and Round Square, is just so exciting and does one thing, and that gives our children direct experience a diverse education and the most extraordinary set of experiences and skills for their childhood. Well, William, your passion is absolutely contagious and it's incredible to think that in a year's time you'll be taking St George's down the PYP path as also that the vice chair of IAPS, which is lots of people have been talking about this happening, but we needed to kind of have brave heads who were going to take the plunge and were going to move forward with a new agenda. I'm really interested to hear about your collaboration with state schools because obviously the IB is all about collaboration and breaking down barriers as well. Um, how, how is that working and, and how do you see it growing throughout the prep schools? Do you see that this could be the start of a real change in the approach to education in British prep schools and could also bring down the barriers between independent schools and state schools? We saw that on March the 20th, 2020. The world went into lockdown, education went into lockdown and we became one education sector. And I think that was absolutely brilliant. UK prep schools, IAPS, uh, the Independent Schools Council, the ISC, have always promoted strong relationships and professional partnerships with the maintained sector. We see that as incredibly important to collaborate and to learn from each other and to share best practice. But through the pandemic, this has just become so strong. Heads, I'm communicating with heads across the country on a daily basis, sharing advice, tips, chatting things through, sharing resources and supporting one another. Yeah, it's a tough job, uh, it's a lonely job, uh, but we're all bound by one thing. We care deeply about children. This is a vocation, as you know, Angela, mm -hmm. from your career mm -hmm. as a teacher. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the relationships between and the partnerships between the independent sector and the maintained sector in the UK and the relationship between us and global educators is phenomenal. And there are so many opportunities. Um, and we're doing a, a, a small thing here. The Windsor Schools Partnership, bringing together 11 other middle and first schools in the Windsor area of our first meeting in a few weeks' time 
uh, up in Windsor Castle, a roundtable discussion just to look at the opportunities available to us all to collaborate deeper. Um, I think emerging from the pandemic and our IAPS conference this year is uh, titled Emerging with Ambition. I believe the education sector with courageous people at the helm, with those who are deeply committed to innovation, but getting the very best out of the children and doing the very best for children, I believe we're in for a defining era. I absolutely agree. And we have a real window of opportunity post-COVID to make a real significant change um, and, and a radical change. And you're, you, you mentioned about brave heads coming forward. Um, where does your bravery come from, William? Um, <laughs> you, you, you've kind of stepped into this um, quite traditional um, schooling system and you are paving a new way. So what's in your background um, as William the little boy and then William the teenager and then William the teacher um, that made you so brave and paved the way for others to follow? My father was a, a teacher and then a head teacher and I grew up in the school that he was a head teacher and like him, at the age of five, I started to play schools. Um, I'm not sure if I was a very innovative school teacher at age five. And, <laughs> uh, my father uh, worked in very traditional schools and had a career of 60 years as a teacher and I'm not sure if he would describe himself as an innovator, but he was a dedicated and passionate teacher. And I went into into teaching, uh, started in a very traditional school, very, very good school, uh, where I worked very hard and learned a great deal. And then we moved to Wellington College, and we coincided with the really exciting years of Anthony Selden's Mm -hmm. Uh, headship at Wellington and from that moment my whole ethos and philosophy began to switch uh, in line with everything that Anthony was doing at Wellington and that was really really exciting I remember one day he uh, in 2008 perhaps he gave me Carol Dweck's book Um, and in those days Carol Dweck was not as perhaps well known Mm -hmm. in the UK as she is now and growth mindset was uh, a a relatively new thing and that wonderful diagram growth and fixed mindset was not laminated up in in every school as it is now and I read that book and it changed my whole professional life completely and I turned from being sort of traditional teacher to educator on a real journey and a thirst to develop myself and to try and explore um, a world of education and then that year I was very lucky enough to visit the Green School in Bali, and I'd never seen anything like it. And I think they were just about to open, and I was wowed by the difference between the UK prep school system and then the Green School in Bali. Uh, And that was a huge motivator. Uh, And my headship at at St. Leonard's up in St. Andrews in Fife, the first IB continuum school in the UK, uh, offering the PYP all the way through to the DP. And I was part of the PYP process. I was part of the MYP there in this forward thinking, outward facing school in St. Andrews, working for someone who had the absolute drive and vision to see that through. And that was an extraordinary few years. And I knew there and then that I could never work uh, in a school with, with, with that sort of traditional focus again. Once you work in an IB school, I think you see the transformational impact on children of all ages. Uh, and I think 
I just think education is such an exciting fusion of different beliefs and approaches and I think that debate is, is, is just thrilling. Yeah, it's it's so difficult to describe though, William, isn't it? I had a similar experience to you being in a, a, a very good independent school here going internationally. And actually my daughters attended the Green School in Bali. So I, I saw that from the view of a parent and the success that they had there as students. But trying to explain to somebody how children come alive in an IB system and suddenly develop skills and attitudes you didn't even think they were capable of um, before you set them on the inquiry journey for the next four to six weeks is quite incredible. I I think that maybe kind of looking at at your school as a focus for this um, Windsor group it would be great to kind of share with other heads who may be listening to kind of talk them through what kind of things need to be in place, do you think, in order to make these kind of changes and to be brave enough to come and suggest these to your board or to your investors or to start having conversations with parents? Just one thing, your conviction, your courage and heads, every head is passionate about the children in his or her care. And if you have the conviction of what you're doing, if you believe it's right for the children in your school and you're going to get the very best out of them. They're going to discover their passions well beyond getting an A or a B or 90% in maths or English, well beyond that. If they can develop their passion in their character and their skills and their attitudes, and you have that conviction, then nothing will stand in your way. Obstacles are merely obstacles to quite literally push aside in your quest for the children in our care. These children have one shot at it and we have a duty. We're paid to do the very, very best for them. And that has got me through without any shadow of a doubt. Change in schools, managing change is difficult. Leading change is is Mm. extremely tough at times. But if you establish a good vision and a vision that you will stick with, a very simple vision, our vision is real world ready. Our mission statement is inquiry learning, a love of learning, and global awareness, essentially. Our three values are kindness, honesty, courage. Stick to that, find that focus, find that vision, and that will drive you right through. And having someone like you with an amazing vision um, also helps, William, I I have to say. And you put together a fantastic um, video which is on your website which I would encourage everyone to watch on your strategic vision for the future and what life would look like for a student and a pupil at St George's once you've made your changes. I don't know if you can kind of remember now what the kind of things you said but I was transfixed with your explanation or just prose um, about this is the day in the life of and you you had an imaginary student um, and what she would do Um, are you able to share that with us now can you remember that or shall I just direct everybody to the video well this student uh, she had a very busy day but essentially that day was um, just full of her it it, it wasn't us filling up her day with all sorts of mindless co-curricular activities and exams and tests and all that sort of stuff it was a day of discovery and it was a joyful day for that child. And it was a day, I think it ended with her picking up the phone to a, a fellow child in uh, somewhere in a, in a school in a far-flung place that she was part of an exchange programme with 
and it was her discussing uh, an element of a shared lesson that they were focused on. And I just want every day for a child to be full of discovery, imagination, uh, a love of learning, of course, setting high expectations, guided by the teacher. Um, but if children come into school and know that they've got teachers who have got their back, who believe in them, who are going to help them find that passion, that will lead to purpose. And I just believe no day should be wasted. I'm cross with myself at the end of the day if I haven't driven the school forwards a little bit. Uh, I want to drive my school forwards every day. And therefore, I think children should have that desire to achieve something every day and just love every day and learn something new and discover and learn something on a Monday that's going to lead them to ask lots of questions on a Tuesday. I want children aged 13 to ask 100 questions every day. William, I really wish I were many, many years younger and I could come to your school and start all over again and go through the primary in your school because it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, is there one last point that you would like to, to leave um, our listeners with in terms of where you hope education will move to in the next couple of years? I want education to listen to all those who run these global companies, the entrepreneurs, the research we get from the Institute of Directors, the research we get from these global corporations who say we need children who have a thirst for learning, who have kindness, who have had a happy childhood, who love learning, love inquiry and ask the right questions. We do not need to be totally obsessed with a 2-1 from a Russell Group University with three A's at A-level. We want these rounded children, rounded individuals. And I think if the education system and I think if government marries up with that, then we can have some really exciting um, new developments and a new era. We are in this new revolution and we're still teaching uh, how we taught during the Victorian times. And, and finally, I think for educational leaders, I think we can be too bogged down with the concern for our reputation, pressure, pressure from parents, pressure from the school system, public opinion, government, Ofsted, independent schools inspectorate, etc. I think if you go with that conviction and you have the courage to be a change maker and you have the courage and desire to keep learning and connect, there's some amazing people on LinkedIn who are crying out to connect to educators, you being one of them, Angela. And I think if we can grab all those connections, we can do something really exciting with education. Well, William, I mean, you absolutely have summed up um, the passion that I also share with you for the, the new way in developing our schools and making sure that they are doing the best they can to enable success for all and success in whatever form it comes in. Um, however, anyone can follow their passion and to make sure that everybody can find their passion and follow it. So thank you so much. I've absolutely loved listening to you today. I'm going to go and look at your video again on your website because it's so inspirational. And for all the innovation that you're bringing to the education sector in the UK, thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to seeing your transformation over the next few years. Angela, thank you so much for having me. I've loved chatting to you. So that was William Goldsmith from St George's Windsor Castle. Thank you, William, for coming on to this episode of the podcast. It's great to hear all about the prep school sector and how he's leading the way forward in this field. 
And if you'd like to know more about future-proofing your school through strategic development, then contact Angela Fairs, our host, by visiting www.fullcircle-education.co.uk or you can email her directly. It's angelafairs at fullcircle-education.co.uk. And if you haven't followed this podcast yet, then now really is the time to do it. Because then when the next episode is released, you'll receive a small notification just to let you know that it's available. So go and do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode. And we look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.